Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and today we'll be in conversation with Bhavini Pandya, Learning Rooms Leader at Gratnalls, discussing homeschooling and learning spaces. Where do we start? Bhavini is part of Gratnalls, the business which is currently concentrating production efforts on manufacturing medical trolleys that are currently in high demand as part of the fight against COVID-19. These trolleys are made with an antibacterial coating to help fight with infection control and are used by health professionals for the storage of masks, gloves and medical instruments that is a wonderful pivot of the business focus in these times of needs. Bavini is a leader who helps us understand the importance of learning spaces and how they can be fundamental in shaping the lives of all our children. Architects have ideas of how learning environments should be, but Bavini gives Gratnalls a teacher's perspective of how to implement them effectively. When asked about why she went into the teaching profession, she answered, because I love the interaction with young children and being able to teach them something new every single day. It is a reward that cannot be measured. Welcome, Bavini. For our listeners today that haven't heard of Learning Rooms at Gratnalls, can you explain to them what it entails? Yeah, so the Gratnalls Learning Rooms project was created in 2012 and it not only celebrates the value of different learning environments, it seeks to turn outmoded classroom models into places where both teaching and learning can become motivational, inspirational and exciting. So we look at the whole classroom environment and we're trying to enhance it for the teachers, the children and also for parents so they can look at the ideas that we've got and especially in the current circumstances parents can look at that and get some ideas for their home learning space that they're currently creating. That sounds fantastic. As a parent, I think I might check that out too because I seem to have, two, I'm going to be have two at home for the next, well, future, let's you say must. that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now let's chat about learning spaces. Now that we're all working, living and schooling in our home, do you have any suggested ways to set up an effective learning and working space? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the type of person that you are and some people and also children can set up in communal areas and still get their work done. But some need completely quiet spaces to be able to get their tasks completed. So, I mean, first think about the space that you have available to you in your home. Do you need somewhere that's absolutely quiet when you're working? Are you able to get up and about or are you squashed in a tiny space? Um, think about the equipment and the resources that you will need to have access to. So, I mean, parents you will probably need access to laptops and things. Children, however, might just need more hands-on practical equipment. And if you think about all of these different areas and start planning it, it would allow you to have a much smoother transition from your workplace where you were now to your home current working space where you have to convert everything. For, the, for our new homeschooling, for everyone's homeschooling practices. This, there's exactly. one other, what, what's important to think about when setting up homeschooling and learning spaces for our children? So that's one of the most important things is for the children. How can we make it safe and supportive and feel like they have an effective workspace? It's important for the child to have a set place to do their activities, whether this be on the dining table, in the um, dining room, or in a study, or in their room. Obviously, you've got to bear in mind the age of the child. So if you've got an older child who you um, feel that can work independently in their room, and that, that's absolutely fine. However, with younger children, you might want to have them close by to you. 
Um, wherever you choose, try and stick to that place so that the child has a routine and, and has structure because that's what they're used to, especially in the classroom environment. And in an ideal learning space, a child would be working on a hard surface like a table or a desk, and this would be in a well-lit and ventilated room. Also, some children need less noise to be able to focus on the things that they're doing in their space. So you need to think where they're positioned. Are they close to other siblings who may be making more noise than usual? Is there another distraction, for example, building work that might be going on in your neighbourhood? So think about these things because it can make a really big difference to their learning and their focus and concentration. Also, when the child is working away, it's important that they're able to have access to an open window so they can get fresh air. And now that the weather is getting better, um, fresh air helps the children to be able to focus and concentrate. And then in terms of resources, think about what the child needs. So it's always a good idea to plan ahead. So at the end of the day, look at what's coming up in the following days and gather the necessary resources so that they're ready and organised for the next day's learning to take place. Organisation is key and it's so vital because you want your child to be able to just get on with their learning as calmly and as smoothly as possible. It's, yeah, definitely, definitely. I wouldn't have thought of a ventilated room, fresh air opening a window, but that's fantastic. So with an, I've got a nine-year-old and a two-year-old and it's very hard for parents to juggle children of different ages in different learning spaces. Now, can you give, um, can you give me a few tips and others a few tips on how I have an early years child playing sensory play and I have a maths, someone else doing maths, you know, he finds it a little bit distracting. Any tips? Yeah, def definitely. I mean, and you're not the only parent in that situation. Lots of parents are going to be thinking, oh, how am I going to juggle all the children at once? And I mean... Like I said before, think about the space that you have within the home. If the child doesn't have to have their own room, can they work in the kitchen at the table or on the coffee table in the living room? Or completely separately, do you need to set up a timetable for when each of the children takes it in turns to sit at the table to do their activities? And this is manageable because whilst one child is not at the table, they could be doing a more active or physical task maybe in the garden or something creative which doesn't require hard surface you know you might have one child sitting at the kitchen table doing their maths learning and another child might be on the carpet doing some lego learning it's all it's doable you've just got to be able to structure it so that the children know what is expected of them and you know where the children are and what they're doing at all times that's great that's great advice and it is as you said in the said before it's organization timetable and a little bit of structure as well it's, everyone at the moment is probably in the same boat and we're all looking at budgets and stuff like that and do you have top three tips for parents setting up a learning space or a homeschooling space on a budget definitely i mean the top three that came straight into my head was number one is declutter the space because we need <laughs> <laughs> as easy as it is to say try and declutter the space as much as possible so that the child and you as an adult know exactly what's going on, where all the resources are, etc. Then number two, make it as comfortable as you can. Um, think of the seating that the child or the adult is using. Think about their back posture. Maybe you need to swap a chair. Maybe there's a better chair downstairs that you need to bring upstairs in, the, in a room or, you know, just 
use what you currently have. It's not about going to buy new things, or maybe it's just a cushion that you need on the on the back of the chair to support the person's back. And number three, like I said before, keep everything organized. Organization is key. You don't want to be flustering and stressing around all the resources or what has to be done. If you know, if you make a timetable at the beginning, try and stick to it as much as you can. We all know things happen at the last minute. Um, but don't, don't stress too much if things don't go to plan one day. Just try and get everything done as and when you can, really. Just try and get through, get through the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, exactly. as, a, as, you're a, you had, as you're a teacher, I was just wondering if you had some simple play ideas. So, you know, do you have any suggestions on how parents can juggle and the, the children without putting them in front of the screens? Because I know that some people are seeing it as the what do they call it? The electronic babysitter, which is, you know, because I hope all everything's been turned upside down and that's how we're living our life socially, through a screen at the moment. Exactly. And I mean, you know, we always try and limit the screen time wherever possible. And I know that some schools have already sent tasks home that need to be completed online. And that's fine. You, you know, obviously, children have to do that. But then try and vary the other activities during the day. Um, so. When I mentioned timetabling and organisation before, I think it's important to sit down with your child when creating a timetable so they know when it is time to work with a parent and when activity independently. Now, this may be trickier with young children, but just use visual images, visual clues to so that they understand when it's time for busy learning, as some younger children are used to, and when it's time for guided learning, either with a parent. Or another adult. Um, if there are times during the day when the parent has a meeting, for example, then this is the opportunity to give your child an activity that takes them a lot of time and that they're interested in. So think about can you combine the learning with a favourite toy? For example, if they love playing with Lego, can they make characters from their favourite story, practice telling the story to themselves, and then perform it to you once you are free from your meeting? Um, the key is to keep them busy with things that they're interested in. And another idea that I had was to get them out in the garden as much as possible. This is, of course, if you have a garden. Um, they are allowed to learn outside. Lots of their learning that they do at school is outdoors. And so it's just trying to combine things that they're used to um, within your new home environment. And then another thing to remember is when our young children have been at school, they're used to having maybe two or three playtimes a day. So they're getting that amount of fresh air. So going outdoors and trying to like send them outdoors to do an activity is exactly what they're used to and something that they will enjoy. So it gives parents time to go and do the work that they need to be doing at the same time. That's very true. My, my boys love being outside. Actually, if you bring them inside, they're not very happy at all. Rain, hail or shine. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, I was speaking to someone the other day and she said there's not there's no bad weather, there's just bad clothing. So send them outside no matter what. Exactly. Um, You've always got a washing machine, always get the clothes in the washing machine. Yeah, or put them on the heater or put them in they'll they'll dry eventually. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, as a teacher, you can see the educational value of um, some of the play ideas and things like that. And I was just wondering, where can our listeners find some simple play ideas for children, especially in the early years? 
Yeah, so some schools I know have already sent out home packs of key activities for the child to complete that gives parents ideas as well. However, if they haven't done that, I've tried to find out the topics that the children have been covering at school. And then there are loads of websites online. I mean, if you just type in the topic, you will get a lot of websites that offer free activities that you can just download. Um, <clears throat> One particular website that I know is very um, popular is Pinterest. If you're looking for a creative activity, have a look on there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, our Gratnall's Learning Rooms website has lots of activities that are aimed for children all the way from early years and key stage one right through secondary, of course. And all of the activities that we have to offer are hands-on practical activities they don't require a screen for the children to be in front of it's all getting in with the resources and creating something or doing an experiment of some sort um, on a national level i know um, here in the uk we've got the rainbow trail that's proving to be popular when we're going out on our daily walk so the children have to look out for rainbows that other children have created and designed and stuck them in the front of their um, windows at home and there's also the we're going on a bear hunt trail which oh. is where people have hidden a bear somewhere on the outside of the house and the children <laughs> have to spot them as they walk by so i know that there's loads of things that are going on and it's brilliant brilliant ideas and you know we're allowed to go out once a day here so trying to combine your daily exercise with learning of some sort is a great way to um use these ideas for the children they sound like great ideas i know that in our in our new house we didn't have curtains at the front so my sons and i have have drawn a very big rainbow at the front of the house so that we can one get some privacy and number two that we can recognize the key workers as well i really think that was the Perfect. original plan behind the rainbow trail wasn't it is to recognize yes all the it was exactly um, another thing parents are asking is sort of they're sort of are running around thinking about what to do is do they need to go out and buy a whole lot of home learning kits and toys in order to survive and educate their children because they feel that their parents they they weren't teachers at the start they don't really say have the expertise no absolutely not i think it's so important that parents utilize the things that they already have at home and no parent should feel pressured to go out and buy new learning kits or toys just to keep the children busy at home <laughs> and that's just you don't have to do that there are loads of things you currently have in the home that can support their learning and with this in mind our new homeschool activities that learning Gratnall's learning rooms have been designing they all use resources that parents have access to at home already so children enjoy playing and creating things with a number of objects i mean with younger children, especially in nursery, you give them a cardboard box and they'll have hours of fun. You know, they'll probably create a zoo or a theatre or something. So a cardboard box is nothing. You don't have to go out and buy one. We all have some kind of box at home. Um, and if you look on the Gratnall social channels, we've been uploading lots of activities that, although they're based in our Gratnall's trays, you can use any empty container, a box, or and create those activities with your children at home. You don't have to go out and buy any of the resources because I've been very careful when designing them 
that I'm just using things that I know parents have access to already. So I don't want parents to go out there and feel, oh, I need to go and buy X, Y, or Z. You don't have to. <laughs> just use what you've got in your home and you'll do a brilliant job. Thank you. That's very reassuring. Look, we're not short of cardboard boxes in our house at the moment after doing the big move from one house to another. <laughs> so I think I could probably build the tallest tower in the world. Oh, the brilliant. Moment. I'm sure the kids will have amazing fun with that. Listen, I suppose the last question that we'll, we would think about is what are the top five things as a teacher that you would suggest parents use every day when homeschooling with early years and sort of your early primary children, your key stage one? You know, what's some things that you, all you, that you could use every day in a house? I mean, again, not going out and buying things. Number one, use the numbers that you have around you. So you've got numbers everywhere in the home. I mean, look at the weighing scales. When you're changing the channel on the TV, that's a different number. Book pages. All of these things help children, especially early years in Key Stage 1, with number recognition, counting skills, and place value. I mean, for example, you could change the channel to, I don't know, Panel 32 and say to your child, oh, what's one more than 32? What's one less than 32? So, you know, it's having those discussions, I think is really key. Number two, um, with young children, it's really important to make time for a story each day. Children mm. are used to this at school and they really enjoy the bonding time they have with their parents over a story. And even with um, key stage one children if your child has written their own story then why not read them read that story together at bedtime or even in the afternoon you know these are crucial things that don't require any any other resource or anything just use the books that you've got at home pick your child's favorite and have a read number three use the outdoor space wherever possible i mean like i've said before take the learning outside if you can or even on your daily walk combine their learning so you might um, spot different numbers on house doors or um, spot the numbers on the number plates you know trying to combine learning even playing games like I spy is a good one for their vocabulary skills um, number four learn a new word as often as possible and play games with that word so you might decide oh we're going to learn one new word a day Get that word on the fridge or around the house so it's reinforcing the new language and the new understanding of the word. Play games with the new words. See how many times you can say it in a sentence a day. Um, it's really crucial, especially with early years children and those in Key Stage 1, is to boost their vocabulary so that when they're reading and when they're writing, they can use those new words to help them. And number five, which is the most important thing for me as a teacher, is use praise keep things as positive as possible to make what we're going through as mem as a memorable experience that you can look back on and that you as a parent and as a child are proud of so simple things like display your child's work in the house so that they can see that they've achieved something and it really boosts their confidence and morale and then at the end of every day look back on what has happened, praise your child on something they've worked really hard on or achieved and, you know, vice versa, switch it around or uh, say to your child, this is really good work you've done today. I'm so proud of how hard you stuck with it, even if it was difficult. And then ask them to say something that they're proud of you for, you know, share a 
share, share that moment together with your child. But I can't stress enough how important it is to keep things positive. Bavini, it was lovely to hear all your guidance today for parents and even teachers regarding learning spaces, looking at multiple ages in the same learning environment, having well-ventilated areas and good light, and your five tips that we can all use to make homeschooling a little easier. One, looking at numbers around you, story time, making time to do this together every day, taking learning outside if we have the space, learning new words and using them in your everyday life, using praise and keeping it positive for our children. Thank you, Bavini and Gratnals again for supporting frontline staff, whether it be teachers or health professionals. My name is Heather Welch from EDX Education. Let's all stay safe and enjoy homeschooling with our little ones. Happy homeschooling.